All right, everybody, welcome back to the Barons of Boston. I am your host, Joe Zanka, co-founder and COO of On Demand Storage. And today, my guest is Helen Garvey. Helen, how are you? Good. Good morning. How are you, Joe? Thanks for having me today. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's great to catch up and, uh, and, and see you. So um, why don't you tell us, you know, you're in the commercial lending world, um, which is super important to anybody who's looking to start a business, anybody who has gotten a business, you know, as you level up, you know, the more relationships you can have with a bank, um, the better. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do um, over at Rockland Trust? Sure. So uh, I've been at the bank for 34 years and I started out on the branch side and quickly realized how much I enjoyed the lending piece of it. So I cr- transitioned into commercial lending back in 1989. And uh, I, I am a vice president in the commercial banking division and I lend money to uh business owners like yourself or property owners or real estate developers. So I have a wide um, variety of customers and uh, it's a fun job because you get to meet somebody different in a different type of business every day. And a lot of times help people's dreams come true. Absolutely. No, it's, um, it's so important. And, you know, just my short lived business career, um, being able to get in with the bank, it's been kind of huge. And it's just like, but obviously there's a lot of requirements um, that, you know, when it comes to being able to, um, secure different types of lending, whether it be a credit line or, or um, any form of loan. So, for the sake of our listeners, you know, people who uh, maybe not haven't gone through this process or maybe looking to get a, you know started and, and don't know what it's like. Um, if I'm someone who's looking to start a business or I have kind of a a promising venture in front of me and I want to um, or I need to secure some sort of financing to back it. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what that process looks like and, and what it kind of takes in order to actually, you know, kind of meet the standards that are required? Sure. Um, so I've had the blessing to work with a lot of startup companies that have turned into very successful operations. And um, I guess what I'd start by saying, it's so important to have a really solid business plan. Uh, it's important to surround yourself with the right professionals. So have a good accountant. A good, a good banker and good insurance, and if necessary, an attorney. Um, from a startup standpoint, as I said, you, you want to have a good business plan. And um, we have a lot of programs to the SBA that help small businesses that want to start, you know, business people that want to start their own business. We have a lot of opportunities because obviously, if you're starting up and don't have a track record, it's hard to, you know, figure out the numbers. So good projections are important, but also we have these enhancements through the SBA that. You mentioned a line of credit, so we have opportunities that the SBA will provide a guarantee of varying amounts to get the bank comfortable to lend. Mm-hmm. And I've had many situations that started out with um, doing an SBA loan with a guarantee, as well as maybe securing some personal assets to make the deal um, properly collateralized at first. And then they grow to the point that they need increases, and then and then usually by then they've had a financial track record that you can rely on. And in many cases, we've been able to move on and move up in the relationship without having the need for the SBA anymore. Um, The other thing that's kind of important is that the SBA has relaxed some of their guidelines and done some very generous things for existing customers or potential new customers to to deal with the challenges that COVID has presented for business owners. They made some payments on loans for for customers. They... um, They've allowed, you know, payment um, deferrals and that type of thing. So the government has really tried to figure out ways to help all these innocent business owners that have been negatively affected through COVID. No, it's, yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's good to hear. And that's a lot of really good, you know, points that you touched on there when it came to, you know, the first step is, is, is getting the bank to basically believe in you and believe in your idea and building that relationship from the ground. And so Mm -hmm. if you can, if you can, 
do all the requirements to get you to that point. Um, and you know, like you said, maybe put up some additional collateral, some extra collateral that you normally you might not have to like, as you, as you age in business, as you prove yourself, um, if you can, you know, get comfortable doing that and you believe in your idea, then, um, you know, oftentimes bankers like yourself will, will not necessarily take it. Well, yeah, sometimes take a chance, but sometimes also just believe in, in, in you more. And then it, then it becomes about kind of proving yourself and keeping up with your payments, um, keeping your good business credit. Um, if you have a credit line, you know, not maximizing it and keeping it outstanding for a long time. Um, Mm -hmm. but like you mentioned, the more that, that you build your track record, um, you know, the, the more they'll, the bank will offer to you. And at a certain point, the relationship kind of flips where it's like, I have to prove myself. And then maybe as you advance in business and as you start making more money, now the bank will be coming to you and say, Hey, you know, let us, let us offer you this, that, and the other thing. Right. And, and you, because banking is competitive and, and, uh, you know, you want to have a two-way relationship that, that grows and stays solid. And I have, I have the luxury of having many long-term relationships and, you know, through good times and bad, you work through the people because you, you know, you, when you build those relationships and you have trust in them in the beginning and then they become successful, like you're talking about, you don't want to then have other banks, you know, knocking their door down and take them away from you. So it's important for the banker to stay as invested in the relationship and provide good service and, you know, lower interest rates or, you know, release, you know, just pay attention to what their needs are so that it's a two-way relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I totally agree. And so, and then having a good relationship with a bank is, is something that if you can take advantage of, or you, um, you know, have the opportunity to create, um, it's something that you should try and do because of all the things, the different lending platforms that, that can be offered. I just think of one example back in my early days as a lender and I had two um, gentlemen that were in, introduced by a CPA that both left a company and decided to open their own business. And they, they were both very young and they both had wives that were pregnant. And um, we started with an SBA loan and took mortgages on their homes as collateral. And they're still a customer to this day. I said, I think I said I started that with them in 1994. They're still a customer today and they're doing many, many millions of business. They've been super successful and employed lots of people. And uh, it's that's the fun part of my job is to get to see somebody that has a dream like that and has the courage to step out on their own at what could be a very critical time in their life. And then they do all the right things and have the right people supporting them and, and they end up super successful. And it, it rolls down to all the people they employ too. It's awesome. It's awesome. Those are my favorite stories. They really are. And I, I know a couple of them as well, where, you know, guys would go leave their old companies, um, start a business when they're like in their late thirties and have, you know, I know one, you know, one relationship of mine had three kids at the time. Um, one was, you know, and they were, one was in middle school, one was in elementary school, one was a baby. And, um, and they just make it work, you know what I mean? And, and it, it has to do with, you know, their own belief, but, um, getting, you know, people like yourself to believe in them as well and take them to where they need to go. And with a little bit of backing, a little bit of, you know, um, support, you know, to some, some powerful people, people with, um, you know, big dreams and, and, and good plans can really do some really cool things and create a lot of jobs, um, while they're doing it. I think too, it's important to remember, community banks. Rockland is a very large bank, but we're still a community bank. We're community based and the decision makers are all local. They all live on the South shore. And one of the things that I'm proud of working in this organization is that through the, you know, the previous downturns, 
we've never been a bank that either decided, oh, we're not in the construction business anymore. We're not, you know, when, when times are tough, we don't roll up the sidewalk and we work with people. And especially during this past year, the way we've worked with people and done payment deferrals and done, did over 800 million PPP loans and saved about a hundred thousand jobs. Um, wow. So it's important um, to have that relationship and not necessarily make a move for a half a percent of that type of thing and be with a banker that's going to work with you in good times and bad and knows your whole story. hundred percent. That's, that's awesome to hear. So you briefly just touched on what's been going on over the last year. Um, and obviously there's a lot of uncertainty as someone who owns a business, I think just all around the country when it came to, especially when the economic relief plans came out, you know, should I take them? Should I not? What, what is, what's going on behind this? Would you mind just from your experiences, you don't have to go too, too deep, but touching on, you know, some of the PPP relief and some of the economic relief that um, is being offered and that, you know, how um, it's been used, I guess, in some of the scenarios that you've seen. So we, we, um, as a bank, you know, it started back, I think in March and we, we had the first round, which was a real scramble because even the night before the program was going to start, the SBA was changing the application. So during the beginning of the process, they were changing the formula. So it was pretty tough to navigate because we were kind of the vessel to implement the program, but we were dealing with very nervous, frightened customers. So it was a very stressful time. We were working around the clock, you know, closing loans at seven o'clock Sunday morning and 10 o'clock at night. But um, the program itself was crafted to um, have people cover their payroll. And and then as the program started and we realized it wasn't going to be a two week shutdown and it turned into months, they extended the, the period for which you could use the money, which really helped a lot of places like restaurants and businesses that were still closed in phase one and two so that they could put the money to use and then ultimately have it forgiven. So right now we did two rounds of this, of the stimulus. And uh, right now we're in the process of going through the 6,000 customers we helped for their forgiveness applications. And we're anticipating the possibility of a third round, depending upon what happens with the stimulus package that's going back and forth right now, because we're seeing rollbacks again here where the, they're having uh, the businesses close earlier at night and that type of thing. So there could be another need depending upon what happens with COVID if things tighten up again in the economy to just help these businesses stay afloat. Absolutely. Um, no, it's, it's, it's honestly been, um, it's been, it's been a lot of, you know, seeing a lot of it in action, you know, being a part of it myself when it came to the PPP and, and kind of wondering, you know, what's behind this thing, what's going on. But at the end of the day, I mean, um, having someone who like yourself, who can walk you through that at times of uncertainty, when you're trying to balance, you know, not only meeting payroll, but you know, how you're going to continue to make sales and you know, how you're going to pay off different things. Um, it was super helpful to have, you know, a little bit of knowledge behind, I guess, what you're getting into. And then, you know, like you mentioned, staying up to date with it, um, getting the relief, you know, some of these programs are offering relief if it's used in the right way. And, um, and so that you can basically just turn that loan into a grant, um, and not have to pay it back, which I think, um, is so necessary at times like this. Right. It can strengthen uh, their balance sheet. ultimately. Absolutely. Uh, And it's good to hear that, you know, hopefully there's another round coming because, you know, as the winter approaches, um, there's just still a lot of uncertainty around what this thing is and and, um, and what it's going to look like, you know, even a month from now. And so, um, you know, entrepreneurs, obviously the, the, the biggest thing about being an entrepreneur is, is managing uncertainty, um, but trying to find certainty within uncertainty, but with something like this, you know, that's never been more challenging is like looking outward and being able to see, all right, maybe we'll be here in a couple months because you don't even know where the world's at. So, 
Um, but having someone with knowledge about those different solutions, about those different relief packages behind you um, is key. And it, and it, you know, you look at the restaurant industry, which is really one of the hardest hit and, you know, and then that rolls up to their landlords. So the property owners, if the restaurants can't pay their rent, then the property owners, you know, their values can go down. And so it's so far reaching these things. So the fact that people aren't panicking and, and, and um, that these programs were instituted to try to help, thank God. But I, but I just, I'm, I'm con- a little concerned as we go into next year too, because there's still talk that next year is going to be a similar year until they have a vaccine. So, um, and nobody knows if they're going to keep things open or have another little bit of a shutdown. So uh, the other thing that we did as a bank, and I'm sure a lot of other banks did too, is in addition to the PPP, we offered a lot of payment deferrals for property owners, you know, to do three months of P&I deferrals or interest deferrals on their lines of credit. So we had a lot of other things that we were doing to provide relief, you know, during the, during the shutdown itself. And we're still working with people to this day that are still affected because of the number of people there that are allowed into the property or the building, you know, there's still a lot of restrictions. Definitely. Definitely. And, and I mean, you guys and, and the, the people who are instituting the PPP have been a savior because, um, like you said, the trickle down is just amazing. Um, when you think about how does just one business, you know, not being able to pay or, or losing some sales or having to lay off some people affect a number of different lives at the end of the day. Um, it's, it's, it's livelihoods. It's, and so it's, um, no, it's, it's been, it's been good to see. It's been, um, hopefully like you mentioned, um, you know, we'll get another package coming out soon. Uh, people can, people can use that to stay afloat. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want to see all these people shut down and then, um, just manage our way through this thing. Right. So touch a little bit on, um, you know, obviously, when it comes to entrepreneurship and just the world that we live in today, technology is so um, important and honestly disruptive. Um, So how, how have you personally kind of seen technology disrupt the banking industry and and where do you think um, actually one other question would be what have you seen hold true despite technology kind of having so much disruption in our world? So, I mean, I still view my work, my job as face to face, but, think, you know, this type of technology we have here is how I've been sitting through board meetings and, you know, customer appointments and that type of thing. So technology has been a blessing during COVID uh, because of the shutdown. Um, it's also uh, been turned into something where you, you never shut, you know, it's used to be a nine to five job, but now it's 24 seven because people text. We have a lot of texting and, and technology right. has helped customers with, um, uh, you know, the, you can do your deposits from your phone the uh, online banking, you know, so there's been so many aspects of technology that have helped customers during this time. They haven't had to go to the branch or, you know, they could submit things electronically. The big fear with technology is the level of fraud. We have so, so much um, technology that we've had to invest in and change all the time because of the level of fraud and the sophistication with which people are able to try to get money out of people's accounts and and um, do damage. So, so and a real important thing is that the bank has to focus on is fraud prevention and fraud protection and protecting our customers. Absolutely. Um, that, that is something that's, you know, there's, there's industries being built um, from preventing things like that happening. Right. Um, but like you mentioned, you know, um, having, keeping that face-to-face relationship like we're doing right now, you know, we're talking, um, it's not necessarily in person, but yeah, I could see you, you could see me, we could talk mm-hmm. through that. You know, that provides a lot of comfort when it comes to, especially making decisions about money, you know, knowing that, 
you're, you're talking to people um, and it can't be hopefully sooner than later, it can be back to like it was normal, but something that's held true despite, you know, what's going on with technology of the world is that people still want to meet face to face. People still want right. to do these zoom calls. And that's why zoom has been such a uh, important tool. You know what I mean? And, and not even just in the business world when it comes to, you know, how teachers are teaching kids nowadays, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing. It is. And I, I mean, it's a, it, it's, we're lucky to have this because uh, to your point, it, it is important to see the other person and look them in the eyes, you know, because part of our job as lenders is to judge are these people telling the truth, are they going to pay us back? And is, you know, we have to make sure everything's legitimate. So I think it's, it's not the same. I, I prefer the in person and we, you know, you just, we do some meetings I, out at closing last night and I was at the table, but we all had masks on. So um, there's still ways of getting everything done, but technology has been something that's helped the economy keep moving during the times when people weren't allowed to leave their house. Absolutely. No. And it's been, um, and, and, and for you guys sake, you know, for, for a bank, um, especially like you mentioned more of a community bank, um, to continue to keep up with it, you know, as these other bigger banks may have, you know, uh, uh, more resources behind them to continue to invest. Um, community banks like yourselves have, have kept up with it tremendously and, and offer things like online banking and, and easy access transfers and making, um, you know, even something as simple as making your QuickBooks for as a business owner, easy to manage. I mean, that's something that in the past, I feel like, you know, even in like the, in the eighties and nineties and, and before that, um, without QuickBooks, like keeping your books was, you know, something that was, um, very strenuous and, and, and such a long process that it would take up so much time, especially if you're, you know, a sole proprietor, but having online banking and watching, you know, businesses like Rockland Trust continue to um, stay ahead of the curve when it comes to technology is, um, is awesome. And that's, that's been a challenging part for me because I'm old enough to know when I was in college, the computers were bigger than my office. And, and now, uh, you know, so I have, I have young folks working on my team that, have been at on the earth less time than I've been at the bank. So sometimes <laughs> I knew, sometimes I do need to reach out to them and help me with something with my windows 10, but I, I do the best I can. But so technology, it's no matter how old you are, it's important to keep up with it. Definitely. Definitely. And look, so my last thing I want to touch on with you um, is kind of like a little bit how we met, you know what I mean? Doing some work together um, for social hospital mm -hmm. you know, and kind of, um, I guess reinvesting in your community. Um, and that's something that I know that it means a lot to you, but you also do a lot of, and I think that anybody who's looking to start a venture or just, you know, out there in the world, um, whether they're, we work at a company or they're, they're an owner, I think it's, um, you get so much out of it. So can you touch on, you know, maybe some of the things that you're doing currently and some of your work sure. at the hospital and then, you know, maybe what you get out of doing those th different things? Sure. So when, when I was younger and first at the bank, I was single. So I was involved in all kinds of stuff from cerebral palsy to the Quincy Lions, to all different kinds of nonprofits. And part of our obligation as bankers in the community, it's called Community Reinvestment Act. So part of our responsibility is to be out there and, and um, doing, doing good deeds in the community. So we're achieving that by, you know, being involved in these things. But at the same token, it's, it's personally rewarding. And over the years, I, I stayed involved in things. But as I as I got busier at my own job and had a bigger portfolio and started to have a family, I honed down on how many things I was doing. And healthcare is a huge passion of mine. And I think if I maybe had it to do again, I might be working in an ER instead of a, a desk at a bank. But 
I get the best of both worlds because I do the banking. And then when I'm not here, I'm at the hospital. So I've been involved at the hospital for almost 20 years. And um, I was uh, actually the second female to ever chair the foundation board. And then I had the honor of being asked onto an ambulatory board and ultimately worked on a um, committee that redesigned the governance of the entire system. So I proudly serve as a board of director for the social health system. And as I said, it's a personal passion of mine. So I learn so much and I love talking to the docs and I've learned a lot of leadership and, and, but as a, as a secondary um, thing, what happens is you meet people like yourself and I didn't go into that for anything other than my love for the community and my love for the hospital. And what's happened is I've formed a lot of unbelievable relationships with folks that you meet on the gala committee or in a, on a meeting or at a, at a president circle event. So I've had, I've developed a tremendous amount of business by accident by being involved over there and, and meeting people. So it's, it's really a win-win, but I do think that we all have an obligation to try to make our community a better place than we found it. And it sets an example for my daughter. So I just think it's, it's something that I would do whether the bank initially asked me to get involved in things or not. Absolutely. And, and, and watching, you know, being a part of what the, um, the board was doing, you know, just in, in last year's gala was, it was such a cool thing for me to see. And um, like you mentioned, I, we met, met a lot of cool people, but you know, a lot of successful people, a lot of successful people will tell you that if you want something, you know, kind of give something first. And and like you mentioned, you went and, and, and do all these things. And especially with the hospital out of, you know, the kind of love and passion that you have for that in general. Um, but as a secondary thing, it, it's, it's, um, kind of helped you as a business person, you know, right. it's helped you, um, cultivate these relationships with others and, um, you know, it's helped us to get to know each other on a more personal level and, mm-hmm. and, um, and just build relationships. And and so, um, doing stuff like that is, is, is something that, um, I think everybody should get involved in. And, and we're always kind of looking at, around and at different ways that we can. Um, and so do you have, you know, is there anything in particular that you're working on right now or different recommendations that you would, you know, I guess it kind of goes, like you said, with what you're passionate about, but um, right. are there any organizations that, you know, maybe one or two that like um, you would, you would look to or encourage people to get involved with? I think that, um, you know, young business folks, if you can get involved in the service organizations, like the Quincy, like not Quin, I keep saying Quincy cause that's when I was in, but the lions or the rotary or, or things like that, because it's other fellow business people that, um, you know, they get together on a regular basis. So I think anything like that, because you are giving back, but also you're getting to know other members of the community. And um, I personally want to take the opportunity to thank you for getting involved. You have a busy business and you have all different things you've got going on, but you made a huge impact on the gala committee and brought a lot of great folks. You got a lot of people involved that were first time involved in the system and helped contribute to that, that gala being the most successful one with almost 900 attendees and an $800,000 result that night. So we can't thank you enough for taking your time and bringing your talent and friends and, you know, business associates to the event. Well, thanks. No, I really appreciate that. And I, it's something that I want to keep doing. It's something that I want to, you know, build off of. Um, I had, you know, it was a, it was a really cool experience. I was so fortunate that, you know, Laura Graziano had asked me to, um, to come do that. And, um, and I, I, you know, I have nothing but good things to say about that whole experience in general. It was really cool. It was really cool. Thank you again. And we got to thank Laura too, right? She's the we got to thank Laura. Yeah. Laura, Laura, um, Laura killed it in that regard. Yes, she did. And she ended up actually as a result of, you know, her leadership chairing that we uh, invited her onto the foundation board. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, I wanted to have Laura. I'll, I'll be having her on shortly. We um, we've been we missed each other, each other a couple times when it came to these episodes, but um, that should be someone that would be fun to talk about and, and can offer a lot of unique experience. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, let's wrap it up um, with, you know, one question I like to ask um, everybody I have on is, you know, I don't know if you've been reading a lot lately or just in general, if, if you do reading, but I've been trying to get off Netflix as much as possible and, and, and kind of get in and dive into some good books and, and learn as much as I can. So do you have any books that, you know, you would recommend maybe to um, some of our readers? Oh, I'm trying to think of the one that we just read. It's escaping me. Um, I, there's a book that the board recommended and it's escaping me. I, you caught me That's off guard okay. with that question, but I, I, I'll have to think of it and let you know because it's a really good book about getting along with people and when transitions happen in an organization, oh, it's going to drive me crazy and I'll have to get that to you. Well, look, that's not a big deal at all. What I can do is when we go and post this episode, I'll, uh, I'm sure you'll have gotten it to me by then and I'll, I'll include it in the little board. All right, great. That way, that way our audience can go check it out because um, I personally get a lot of good book recommendations from this and I write them all down and, and I'm going to try to check them off every list. And we actually just in on-demand storage, we're, we're trying to do a little bit of a book club and, and, and learn, you know, kind of read the same book at the same time and, and talk about it because there's so much you can learn, you know, from just diving into um, something that someone who has experience has written. I will, I know the minute we finish, it, it'll come back to me. So I'll text it. It's, to the, worst. it's the worst when that happens. All right. Well, like I said, I'll include it in that. And, um, and thank you so much for being on. I, I really appreciate it. I mean, we haven't had a guest so far that has touched on lending and lending and, and making relationships with your banker and your local community is, is so important no matter it, how big your business is or how small it is. It, it, um, it can't be, you know, can't be touched on enough. So I appreciate your insight. Well, if any of your watchers or your friends or colleagues ever have questions, you have my contact information. And many times I've helped people that aren't my customers and don't become my customers. But if there's anything I can ever do to help anybody that you know, or that watch this, please feel free to give them my contact information. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I'll, I'll have them reach out to you for sure. Thank you, Helen. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.